Welcome to Magnet Minutes. I'm Jordan Kimmel with an update for July 26, 2022. And it's an absolute honor to have on legendary Jim Rogers. We had him on before, and we have Trisha Bowman joining us as well. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Jordan, I'm delighted to be here. Uh, good morning, Trish, or good evening, wherever you are. All right. So let me just set the stage a little bit first. And, and Jim, you know, I first met you back in the Fox studio right before you were about to head off on your second trip around the world and just about to write uh, Adventure Capitalists. And, and so I basically have read everything you've written. Um, I think that the world follows you. I think that in a book that I'm writing right now, uh, when I talk about how to get started, I talk about reading from the most successful. And one of my sentences, frankly, is read everything Jimmy Rogers wrote. So, so thanks so much for having us on, man. And so, uh, hey, Tricia, why don't you lead off yourself and uh, get things started for us? Okay, great. Thank you, Jim, so much for joining us. And so we were, before the podcast, we were talking, and I've been in the brokerage industry since the late 90s, been around public companies. I have trouble investing and knowing how to invest. And so I'll even have friends ask me, or I'll get, be getting my hair done, and hairdressers will ask me. And it's like, I just don't know, like a lot of people don't know the first thing to do. And these days and times, with everything so upside down, it's, it's almost like that's always been an opportunity. And I know right now is probably not the right time to get jump back in and invest, but just the, my question to you would be like, what would you tell someone like that was 25 or even 50 that's never been an investor, but knows in these days and times there's so much information, like what would be the next step or step to get started? Or what would you do if you were 25 today and know what you know? Well, I didn't know anything when I was 25. I don't know much more now, but I do have a little <laughs> more experience. But Trisha, I will tell you what I would tell anybody, whether they're 25 or 55. If you want to be a successful investor, stay with what you know. Don't listen to me, Trish. Stay away from hot tips. Never, ever follow a hot tip. And I will say that to many people. I say, ignore hot tips. And they will say, okay, we understand. Just give me one hot tip, just one, just one. Everybody wants to be rich this week. I do too. But please, my first advice is stay far away from hot tips, no matter from where they come. But if you want to be successful, Trish, just stay with what you know. Everybody watching this or reading this knows a lot about something, whether it's cars or fashion or sports or something. So that's where you start because you already know more than most people. You certainly know more than I do about most things because that's what you love. When you go to a doctor's office, those are the magazines you read. Or when you go online, those are the websites you, you visit. So you already know a lot more about something than I do. And you more, know, more a lot, uh, know more about whatever it is than most people in the world. So stay there and when you see something happening in the field that you love and know a lot about something that you know is going to work be successful then do some research find the companies are they smart people do they have too much debt there are many things you can look up about that company but then since you know more about it than most of us if you decide it's going to be successful then you make an investment 
That's how you become successful and rich. And people will say, but that's boring. Okay, Trish, you want to be rich? You want to be successful? Be boring. Be boring <laughs> and stay with what you know. And don't be following people like maybe you can follow Jordan, but don't follow me and most other people in the investment world because you will go broke unless, you know, if I told you something, Trish, now I'm going to give you the long version. If I told you something in which to invest and you did it and it went up, you wouldn't know what to do. You don't know why you bought it. If it went down, you wouldn't know what to do. You'd blame it on me. You'd say, that Jim Rogers doesn't know anything. He told me to buy X and it went down. But the point is you wouldn't know what to do because you don't know why you bought it in the first place. So please stay with what you know and you will be extremely successful and you will be very, very rich someday if you want to be successful. And if you love investing, you obviously love something because that's your passion. Well, follow that and that will lead you to successful investing. Thank you. It's <laughs> great advice. Okay, you appreciate clear? Did you understand? Was that clear? That, that, was, that was really great, Jim. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so Jim, so, so Trisha, the point Jim's make, he is a prolific, prolific believer in doing your homework and, and not looking at a chart, not listening to a tip, but literally doing so much homework that you literally know more about any subject, whatever you're going to invest in. And, and that's why I think, Jim, you had the confidence to take very large positions, to buy more uh, and to be early and to let something actually develop. So uh, Jim's all about doing the homework and, and, um, yeah. and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing about uh, you know what Jim does. And, and I read a quote from you, Jim, we're putting a quote book together, a whole book. One of the things Jim says is, I never met a rich technician. <laughs> and so tell us what that means. Well, but Jordan, if, if you're a technician and it, and it works, then do it. Don't listen to me. Do whatever works for you. Find your way and stay with what you know. And Trish, by the way, after you go, you find something and then you look it up and you make an investment, please send me an email so I can do my homework too. I'll do it. No, because Trish does invest in real estate. And Jim, you know, I know that, uh, you know, one of the things is right now everyone's asking, has the market bottomed? Is, is, are we finally ready to go up again? We've already had one year of a, a down market. Are we ready? And, and I know that real estate uh, and particularly farmland uh, is something that you're keen on. And, I, and, and so maybe you want to talk a drop about that. Well, yes, I'm extremely keen on, on agriculture and farmland. But again, Jordan, uh, Trish, don't just invest in farmland. I mean, there's 10 million, millions of acres of farmland out there in the world, Africa, Siberia, America. So be sure you do your research. Don't just call up and say, ah, farmland, buy me some. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, that's not the way you become successful. You do your homework, you do your research, yes. Agriculture has been a disaster for a long time. It, the average age of farmers in America is 58. I think I told you this last time. Uh, the average age of farmers in Japan is 66. 
I mean, the highest rate of suicide in the UK is in agriculture. Wow. Millions of Indian farmers commit suicide every year. I mean, it's a disaster. But Jordan, Trish, uh, unless something changes, and it seems to be changing now, we're not going to have any clothes. We're not going to have any food. <laughs> so in my view, things are changing in agriculture, and there may be great opportunities. But do not... if. If you don't know what a tractor is, don't go invest in agriculture. <laughs> if you never heard of soybeans, please don't invest in agriculture unless you learn what you're doing. Chris, thanks so much for joining there. For all the listeners, we have a lot of people on the, the podcast. There's only one person I use the word legendary. Uh, and it's not only because of your successes, but your experience. And I don't think there's anybody, any investor alive, frankly, who's done the traveling you did, the two trips around the world. And, and when I tell people to, to read both uh, Investment Biker and Adventure Capitalist, it's not only for the wisdom, it's almost like a history lesson. It's so rich in content of, of who, how the countries develop their currency. So I really you know, ask everybody to, you know, to really spend the time um, it, it's it's like a fascinating journey, both of those books. Well, Jordan, thank you. But I, I make lots of mistakes. I don't think I don't make plenty of mistakes. I've been around a long time. So goodness knows how many mistakes I've made. Well, well so let me just say, you know, the last time we were on, you know, clearly, in, okay, in my opinion, anyway, the market is in a downtrend. This is what a bear market looks like. You mentioned last time that you hadn't begun shorting yet, which actually had surprised me a little bit. Uh, and since we've seen you last, the market is like a staircase down, uh, two steps down, one step up, two steps down. Um, I'm curious, you know, there's a little more to get into, you know, in the meat of it, but have you begun to short yet or are you just kind of um, watching and waiting for your opportunities? Well, I have a few shorts, not enough to, to talk about. Uh, there's so much pessimism around right now, Jordan, that, that I'm usually when there's this much pessimism, something happens to cause a big rally. And the rally is big because everybody's pessimistic. I mean, for instance, if we had peace in Ukraine, the market would go through the roof for a while. And that's, I hope that's when I would start shorting in a much bigger way. My plan is that if we have a last rally, a blow off, a blow off rally, that I'll be smart enough to short it. Right. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you, because I read what you write and I read you and I look at some of your interviews and, and part of it to me, um, the question I have is how much of the pessimism is literally baked in already. Uh, they took these um, SaaS companies, they call them software as a service. They were trading 80, 90 times, not earnings, but revenue. Um, a lot of them are down 80, 90% already. Uh, they've taken the crypto market and basically crushed it. And so I believe that a lot of the damage in the speculative area is is you know already has taken place and it reminds me jim when you watch a media and they say a big storm's coming um there's a way of saying hey i've seen this before and it's not going to be that big every once in a while it's katrina and every once in a while you underestimate 
the storm that's coming. So um, the, the, to frame it this way is that in 09, 07, 08, that financial crisis, it, it took place with a tremendous amount of leverage and debt, but without the inflation. Um, I think that the 70s, we saw crazy inflation. I don't know if we had this level of, of debt. And now it's this kind of toxic, toxic combination of runaway inflation and debt. And, and I think that's why you like to say, um, when it happens, when when the bottom does fall out, it may be one of the worst bear markets we've seen in our lifetime. Well, yes, yes, this is not my first rodeo. You're, you're right, Jordan. I've, I've been here before. Uh, a difference in now in the 70s, you mentioned some similarities, but in the 1970s, the United States was still a creditor nation as a whole. Uh, now we are the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. So there are more differences and the debt, is, I mean, look out the window, Jordan, the debt is staggering all over the world, not just in the US. What they're doing in Japan is, is mind boggling, it's so absurd, but that's happening many places. So it's going to be bad. We're going to have bear markets, whether we like it or not. I know there are some people who say, ah, oh, you're just scaring, trying to scare us. No, I'm not, I'm telling you the facts of history We've always had bear markets and we always will have bear markets. And one should know that if you don't know that, probably you should not be investing uh, and you should be prepared. That's all I'm suggesting. You can watch Jordan and, and get prepared for what's coming. And if you're prepared, you will probably do well or you'll certainly survive and you might even make a lot of money. Right. I don't like the fact that we're going to have a horrible bear market, but I have to be prepared or I'll get wiped out too. Right. You know, it said Noah started building the ark before the rain came, right? So, 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 you know, one thing like you mentioned, you know, which makes me think a little bit, I remember back in the very early 80s when Japan's market was so overvalued uh, and, and we were hearing that Japan was going to buy the United States, basically. And, and since then, I think their market... <clears throat> has not only gotten beaten up, but I don't think it's, it's, it's recovered from 30 years ago, nearly. Well, the Japanese market today is still down about 40%. I'd have to look up exactly from its all-time high. You were right. I mean, it's been a nightmare in Japan. The Japanese market made its high in 1990. That's not a typo, 1990. <laughs> right. 32 years ago. Uh, now, there are not many markets in the world that you can say that about. My gosh, it's been down for 32 years, but that's the case in Japan. Uh, so one, these things can happen and do happen. And when we have big bear markets, a lot of people get hurt. Right. So I read another quote by you recently. You know, recently I read it, not a new quote by it, but it said something like major bottoms don't come after four year cycles. It's a 10 and 15 year cycle. And, and I don't think anybody in this country is ready for that, is used to that. Um, I happen to believe, um, I, I would be shocked if this bear market lasted that long and there wasn't some kind of gimmick in Washington uh, to reignite a little bit of the animal fires. But the point is we look at the Japanese market and um, 
we know that people are impatient if they think the market's ready to to take off and 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 run again right now in my opinion well when i said what I, my point was that yes when you look at historic bear markets let's say agriculture you know agriculture didn't just go down for four years and then have a big bull market or many things japan for instance the point is that the real bear market you may have big rallies an industry or a company may go down for four or five years and have a big rally but then it usually has a, a retest and it takes years to wipe out or clean out the excess capacity in most industries or the lack of demand. And then you can have a, a long, when I call a bull market or something where you can just buy it and put it away and go to the beach where you don't have to worry about it. Uh, that's what I meant by serious bear markets and that they right. last a long time. Right. Not and, all and of them, of course. I mean, Amazon didn't stay down for 15, 10 or 15 years when it collapsed long ago, but some many things usually do. Right. And so, you know, one thing I just want to remind the viewers, and, and I really hear, you know, in your voice a little bit more, uh, not optimism, but realization that um, the world's probably not going to end. And if you're prepared, I, I, I recently said, you know, in a, in a segment I was on myself where I said bear markets and recessions aren't terrible things if you're prepared for them. And, and the biggest money and the best money is made when you buy near the bottom of in a recession and you buy when the fear is the highest. And, and one thing I want to just kind of get your feeling on is um, they say this the last time debt to GDP in this country was like this was around World War II. And thinking about that, Jim, that's a pretty good time to invest. Well, Okay, but there is a difference between now and World War II also. Uh, yes, things were bad. <laughs> Obviously, whenever you have something like World War II, and America built up a lot of debt. But America also had huge assets saved up because of the Depression and because of the war. We had huge savings in the system at household level, even government level. There were huge savings that people could then deploy, even though there was a lot of huge government debt. And there was a lot of excess capacity because of the war, because of the depression and because of the war. People couldn't be, be using excess capacity to build cars or TV radios or whatever it was. So there, again, there are differences. That debt was huge, but it was offset by very large savings that had been built up over during the depression and during the second world war. And so after the war, people could start spending their savings and there was enough capacity, excess capacity in the system that there wasn't a huge amount of inflation. So we had a, an ideal period. Nobody likes to think of the war, but after the war, it was somewhat ideal since we won the war, but even the countries that lost the war, you know, they too had opportunities. So war often leads to great opportunities. Right. I'm not advocating war. No, no, I'm no. But like you said, too, the, the pain, other people's pain in real estate create opportunity for someone just stepping in at the right time. And um, anyone who steps into a, a panicky, nervous, depressed market, whether it's 
commodities, whether it's the stock market, uh, is going to find themselves in a good position when the dust clears and, and the sun eventually does come out. So, so we, we, I'm only going to ask you one more question. I really appreciate you, you taking the time this morning. But one last thing. So um, I'm, I'm pretty bearish right now myself. I don't think it's a great time. I, I am alerted the fact that there's so much bearishness um, that it's probably uh, a lot of the pain's been done already. But if you were literally talking to someone 25 years old and just getting started, I mean, it would be hard not to say, hey, why don't you at least get started with something, something you know, maybe it's even an index fund, a little dollar cost averaging to get to, to get your at least beak a little bit wet. Because um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's good advice to say somebody, you have to wait until the sun is out uh, to even get started. If you're 25, you might be thinking a little bit differently than if you're an old man like myself. Well, yes, people need to learn about investing. They need to learn about saving and investing. Everybody does. Well, Jordan, yes, you can say, all right, you buy an index fund so you can start to see what this is all about. Uh, my advice would be, no, wait until you've done a lot more homework and then you decide that you want to start with an index fund. Don't listen to some guy uh, unless you know what an index fund is and how they work and why that might be a wise decision. Don't do that. Just wait. Right. Jordan, there are going to be many, many investment opportunities. Anybody who's 25 or even 55, there are going to be many investment opportunities in their lifetime. Don't hurry. Be patient. Right. The best thing I will tell you is something that I've said before is just wait until you see some money over there in the corner lying on the floor. All you got to do is go over there and pick it up. Oh, That's how man. you get rich. Just wait. Wait till you see something that you think anyway is going to be a sure thing. And when you see the sure thing, because you know what you're doing, then invest. I love the concept, Jim. I think one of the things, and, and, and I've read that from me before, and I know that a lot of times people mistake activity uh, with, with the right thing to do. We're oftentimes the most patient uh, by watching and waiting. And like you say, when their money's sitting there, uh, go in and, and, and do the grab, huh? Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, if they have a loss, then they get panicky and they think, oh, I got to do something else. I got to make up for the loss. No, you don't. No, you don't. In fact, that's probably a bad time to be trying to invest because you're emotional and you're making a decision not based on knowledge. When you have a loss or anything, just wait until you find something that, is a, that you know is going to be a sure thing and then invest. A very bad time, other than after a big loss, when if somebody makes a big, big profit, then they think, boy, am I smart. <laughs> so easy. This is so easy. And so they grab the next thing that comes along, jump in because they know they're smart and they know it's easy and they know they're going to get rich. Boy, is that a bad time. Keep that emotions out of the picture. Jim, let me just one more time. Thank you again. I, I see I'm going to run out of time here. I want to thank you for joining us. It's Jim Rogers, the legendary Jim Rogers. And this is Magnet Minutes. We really appreciate your time and we'll be speaking to you soon, I hope.
Thank you very much, Jordan. I hope we can do it again sometimes.